Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, super excited to dive into some science with you today. And I decided, number one, I was just itching for a science episode. Number two, I decided to dive into a topic that I get the most questions about, which is a combination of carbohydrates and insulin. And by that, I mean like the most questions in the science realm. I would say far and away, the most common questions I get overall are about things like motivation and consistency and excuses and fears. But today we are going into the science and I love that. And I'm pretty happy because right now I'm drinking a virgin spicy Bloody Mary, which was the request du jour. And I was quite pleased when it walked its way into the office. So I'm, I'm in a particularly great place right now to record this. And uh, speaking of beverages, today's episode is brought to you by Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic, we are in high planning mode for Ascend. Ascend is our annual weekend workshop. This year's, which is November 8th through the 10th, is going to be in downtown Portland, Oregon. And I work almost all year to come up with not just content that I haven't talked about before, that you haven't heard on the podcast before, but more specifically, ways of applying it in real time so that you leave changed. And while that's my primary role going into Ascend, we've got the team working on swag bags, which when I go to events, I get most excited about the swag bag. Like, what am I going to get? What's going to be in there? And one of the things, and we're not sharing most of them, but one of the things in the swag bag is going to be for Sigmatic. Their coffee, their turmeric lattes. I'm excited about that because when I'm sitting in a conference just really love to have a delicious beverage, which helps me focus and helps me feel really positive about the experience. And I'm really pumped to share with people the fact that it's not only high quality coffee. So most of you coffee snobs out there will really enjoy it. I am a proud coffee snob. But also they managed to pack in mushroom extracts, extracts, nope, that's not what it's called at all, mushroom extracts and adaptogens that have amazing health-promoting properties, everything from focus and concentration to relaxation, not in the same product, in separate products, that really, really do work. The adaptogens that have this calming effect, it's really powerful. And the lion's mane, which is one of the types of mushrooms that they put in their coffee, really does make an impact on your ability to focus and concentrate, which if you're anything like me, 
look, I need all the help I can get in that area. So if you want to learn more about my favorite products from Four Sigmatic, the ones that I stock up on and the ones that I will be sharing with everybody who's at Ascend, go to foursigmatic.com forward slash primal. And I will be sure to link that up in the show notes as well. Great stocking stuffers too. I know it's a little bit early to be talking about that sort of thing, but you know what? The time is going to fly. So whether we are talking about goodie bags for a holiday party or goodie bags for my Ascend event, or we're talking about stocking stuffers, it's a great thing. Check them out, foursigmatic.com forward slash primal, or you can go to the show notes for today's episode primalpotential.com forward slash 622. Okay, we're going to start with the the kind of idea that made me dive into this more deeply in a podcast. And it comes from Dr. Natasha Turner. While these are her words, this is not a unique thought. This is not a new idea. This is well-accepted science and something that we are hearing more and more and more about that we're going to dive into today. And what Dr. Turner writes is, excess insulin literally causes the slow destruction of bodily tissues and organs, including our bones, our muscles, skin, blood vessels, brain, liver, and more. And this far-reaching, devastating imbalance is spurred by one basic factor, the frequency, amount, and type of carbohydrates we consistently consume over time and our body's individual ability to process them. Boom. We're going to dive into this today, but first let's just break it down on a very high level. Excess insulin. Having too much insulin in our systems, too much insulin produced and secreted in our bodies damages our tissues, our organs, our bones, our muscles, our skin, blood vessels, brain, liver, so much more. And it is caused by one multifactorial thing, which is the frequency and type of the carbohydrates we consistently consume and, double asterisks here, brought by me, not the author, our body's individual ability to process said carbohydrates. Now, even though this particular quote says, you know, blood vessels, brain, liver, and more, the one thing it doesn't specifically call out as an impact of excess insulin that I want to make sure we're all on the same page about is the impact on mood, emotions, behavior, mental health, anxiety, depression, okay? I know it says and more, But excess insulin is a factor in lack of motivation, in depression, in mood stability, and all of those mindset and mood-related factors, okay? So while today's conversation is very much about physical health, longevity, and metabolism, let's not overlook the fact that this is also a conversation about quality of life, mood, and mindset. Because I know a lot of folks get hung up on the physical results. I almost every day get an email from somebody, whether it's a listener or it's somebody in the 12 Weeks to Transformation, and they are frustrated with their results or their lack of results. They feel like they've been doing better or they've been more consistent for a week or two and they're not seeing it on their bodies, right? 
their clothes aren't fitting better or the number on the scale hasn't gone down or they feel like they look the same when they look in the mirror. And let's pause here for a second for a critical mindset upgrade. These improvements we make in the way we care for ourselves, the way we act, the way we eat, are so much more than skin deep. And I want everybody to move that higher up on their consideration list. Yes, we make these improvements for our external appearance, for our waist circumference, or how we look when we glance in the mirror. But it is so much more than that. We are talking about your organs. We are talking about your bones, your muscle, your skin, your brain, your liver, your emotional stability and vitality. So mindset upgrade. It is not just about what you see manifested on the exterior in a matter of days or weeks. We are also doing this for the way that it changes our physical bodies for the better. Let's revisit this quote so that we can begin to break it down. Excess insulin literally causes the slow destruction of bodily tissues and organs, including our bones, muscles, skin, blood vessels, brain, liver, and more. And this far-reaching, devastating imbalance is spurred by one basic factor, the frequency, amount, and type of carbohydrates we consistently consume over time and our body's individual ability to process them. Our body's individual ability to process them. Mark Sisson says that those with the lowest levels of insulin live the longest. It's not just his opinion. Science shows us that. And where I think we begin this conversation beyond that mindset upgrade, which is hugely important, is with a primer. What insulin is, what it does, and its relationship to blood sugar. Because I see too many people oversimplifying this and out of that oversimplification, really misunderstanding it. Insulin is a hormone. It is a chemical messenger sending instructions to your body based on the conditions of your body. As a hormone, there are different classifications of categories of hormones. Insulin is an anabolic hormone. And you've probably heard that word anabolic in reference most often to steroids, right? Anabolic steroids. Bodybuilders who use steroids are taking anabolic types of steroids because they make you bigger. They cause um, fuel storage. And in the case of bodybuilders, we're talking mostly about muscle mass. So insulin is that type of hormone. It does a lot of things, and we'll talk about many of them. But at the top of the list, Insulin facilitates fuel transport and delivery throughout your body, not just from what you eat, but also from what is stored inside of you. So whether we're talking about glycogen stored in your liver or we're talking about fat stored around your midsection, insulin facilitates fuel transport and delivery, storage and usage in the body. When insulin is around, your body gets the message not to break down and burn stored body fat. In fact, it inhibits your body's ability to break down and burn stored body fat because the presence of insulin tells the body it's in storage mode, not in breakdown mode, 
right? We're building up. We're not breaking down. Insulin is going to be ushering fuel, not just sugar, but certainly sugar, also proteins, out of the blood and into storage. And this storage could be any number of places. And it's a, it's a logical system, which includes your muscle, your liver, your adipose tissue, which is also known as your body fat. When blood sugar rises, which most often happens in response to what and how much we eat, but it also can rise from stress. A lot of people don't know that, but that is a very, very real thing that your blood sugar can rise not in response to food you eat, but in response to stress. So for whatever reason, blood sugar rises. It can't stay elevated. It's toxic for that to happen. So insulin is produced by and released by the pancreas to usher that sugar or any other fuel out of the blood and wherever it needs to go for short or long-term storage. So if we were to summarize a few of the primary roles of insulin, it reduces blood sugar. It also initiates the conversion of sugar to fat and then the storage of that fat in situations where your glycogen stores are full. Insulin also, and this is one of the lesser known things that I think is really important to talk about, Insulin has a major impact on your electrolyte and your mineral levels. True story. So for example, insulin increases sodium retention and therefore water retention. And then when we see that, what goes along with retaining water and retaining sodium is increasing um, blood pressure. Another thing that is influenced by the presence of insulin is thyroid issues. Insulin, excessive insulin, is the hidden cause behind a lot of thyroid disorders because insulin controls a lot of what happens in the liver, including a thyroid thing that happens in the liver, which is the conversion of T4 to T3. T4 is our inactive thyroid hormone. T3 is our active thyroid hormone. So when we have excessive insulin, we see that the liver is not able to do its job in converting the inactive thyroid hormone to the active thyroid hormone. And a lot of folks don't know that what is behind a thyroid issue is actually an insulin issue. We've obviously mentioned a lot of things. We're going to mention a whole lot more. But at, at the start of the episode, when I talked about, about that quote uh, that comes from Dr. Turner, we, we talked about the fact that excess insulin has a role in the destruction of body tissues of our organs, of our bones, our skin, our blood vessels, our liver, our brain, and more. So what I want to do is kind of break that down. How does that happen? How is it, by what mechanism, is excessive insulin impacting all these other things? One of the things that we already identified is um, the impact on, on circulation and blood pressure, in large part because of the impact on electrolyte and, and water balance in the body. But here's what happens to the nervous system. When we have excessive insulin in our bodies, 
right? We are also likely seeing higher levels of blood sugar. This combination turns on the sympathetic nervous system. And our body's reaction to having the sympathetic nervous system activated is to constrict our arteries, which of course is no bueno for circulation and for delivery of oxygen and energy throughout the body. It's also, of course, no bueno for heart health. Arterial constriction, not so good. Here's the other thing. The presence of insulin increases another hormone called aldosterone. And aldosterone is another factor that raises blood pressure. And aldosterone doesn't only raise our blood pressure. It also triggers the loss of a couple of electrolytes that are really important, specifically magnesium and potassium. Then we retain more water. And then we have further narrowing of the arteries and blood pressure goes up even more. So you can see how this is almost like a vicious cycle, right? All caused by this one factor, which is excessive insulin. And all of those things, of course, uh, constriction of our arteries, increase in blood pressure, increases the risk of stroke. There is a very strong link between excessive insulin and cancer. Here's why. More insulin also means more of something called insulin-like growth factor, a growth hormone in the body which promotes the development of and the progression of tumors. That is the link between insulin and cancer. Brain diseases, neurodegeneration, is largely because we see with excessive insulin impaired nerve function and we see an increase in plaque development, not only in our arteries, but also a different kind of plaque that shows up in the brain that is associated with neurodegenerative diseases. We could go on and on and on. Fatty liver is associated with excessive insulin, skin abnormalities, muscle loss, infertility, Knowing this, we have to ask, okay, so wh what is it other than obviously cupcakes and pastas and cookies that drives insulin? Because you might be thinking, well, I don't eat that stuff. Let's break this down so that we really, really understand. And I've done a couple episodes on something called insulin load before, but I want to revisit it because it's a very important part of this conversation. Insulin load is an equation that basically tells us of the things that we are eating, what is going to drive insulin the most. And it's not just like insulin load equals total carbohydrates. It's not that. It's more complex than that. This, this equation for insulin load, stay with me because even if it sounds complex at first, we're going to break it down. Insulin load equals total carbohydrate minus fiber plus 0.56 times protein minus 0.725 times fructose, which I know might as well be like in Mandarin for most people. But if we were to break this down, what we're seeing makes an impact is carbohydrates, fiber, protein, and fructose primarily, all right? And the most obvious thing when we look at this equation, insulin, uh, insulin load equals total carbohydrate minus fiber, 
plus 0.56 times protein minus 0.725 times fructose. What becomes most obvious is that total carbohydrate matters, right? The more carbohydrate in whatever it is that you're eating, the more the insulin load increases, period. Now, fiber also matters because the more fiber, the less the insulin load. What we know so far is more carbs, more impact on insulin. More fiber, less impact on insulin. But then we have to break down this nuanced part that a lot of people overlook in their oversimplification. We are adding to insulin load 0.56 times protein. So what that tells us is that protein does impact insulin load, but half as much as carbohydrates do, right? That's what that 0.56 tells us, that while total carbohydrates is a direct correlation, more carbs, more insulin load, protein is going to increase the insulin load as well, but only half as much. Increasing protein increases the insulin load. There's an additive effect, whereas with fiber, there is a minimizing effect, right? More protein, more insulin load. More carbohydrates, way more insulin load. More fiber, less insulin load. Then we see something that's a little bit confusing. There's another minimizing effect. So protein is additive. Total carbohydrates is additive, meaning they increase the insulin load. Fiber is minimizing, which makes a lot of sense, right? If we have something like a, a big bowl of Brussels sprouts, yeah, there's carbohydrates in that, but there's also a lot of fiber, so less insulin than if we were saying eating the same amount of carbohydrates that coming from white rice that has far less fiber. But the fructose is the other thing that has a minimizing effect. So with protein, we were multiplying it by 0.56. So we were saying it has half the effect, but it is an additive effect. We are reducing fructose. When we multiply it by 0.75, it is a minimizing effect. So fructose reduces the insulin effect, but not directly like fiber does. Fiber has way more of a minimizing effect on insulin load than fructose does. Because just like total carbohydrates is direct and fiber is direct, protein is only half as much and fructose is 0.75 as much, but in opposite ways. Protein is additive at about half the rate and um, fructose is, is minimizing the insulin load at about 0.75 uh, 75% of what you're totally eating. And but we got we to gotta understand why. We understand why fiber minimizes the insulin load because a lot of these fibers are indigestible. So they're not going to drive blood sugar. Therefore, they're not going to drive insulin. But what about fructose? I mean, fructose, after all, is a type of sugar, right? Fructose is not only found in, in fruit. That's the primary um, source of fructose, especially if you're eating whole foods, but fructose is in most processed foods, high fructose corn syrup. Why in the world would it have a minimizing effect? That is because fructose is not metabolized in the way that glucose is. It does not have an impact on blood sugar and insulin to the degree that other sugars do, which sounds really great for insulin, and, and it is for insulin, but it's not so great for health in the body overall. Fructose goes straight to the liver to be metabolized so it doesn't go through that traditional digestive channel where it raises blood sugar and then therefore triggers insulin. 
Fructose is, however, the single most lipogenic carbohydrate, meaning it is the most likely to be converted to and stored as fat of any other carbohydrate. I point that out because I don't want people to think that because it reduces the insulin load, then as long as we tack on fruit to every meal, we're like in safer harbor because it is more complex than that. It is metabolized differently and it is the most lipogenic carbohydrate. So I'm not anti-fruit, especially, heck, in this phase of my pregnancy, I'm loving fruit. But we do have to know that it has a different um, metabolic pathway that does not favorably uh, work with any desire to, say, burn fat or have a healthy liver. Obviously, what we're not really concerned with as much when we talk about fructose is fruit. We're way more concerned with where fructose comes in in really high quantities. So that's, you know, your sweetened beverages and processed foods. I would much rather see people having a piece or two of fruit a day and then cutting out fructose from all other processed food sources. Okay, back to insulin load. Summarizing that equation, carbohydrates directly increase insulin load, period. Protein increases insulin load, but only half as much as carbohydrate. Fiber decreases insulin load, period, full stop. And fructose decreases insulin load, but not nearly as much as fiber does, and it has other challenges with the liver and with fat storage. I always, whenever we have these conversations, I think of Dr. Barry Sears, who said that every bite of food is a hormonal experience. And it really is, right? Because we talked about aldosterone. Aldosterone is a hormone that is uh, that kind of works alongside excessive levels of insulin. Insulin is a hormone. Every single bite of food is a hormonal experience. I shared in the episodes that I did specific to insulin load the least insulinogenic foods out there, which is not like a meal plan or a food list, right? It doesn't mean um, hey, these are the only foods you should eat. But it is helpful to know, of all the foods out there, which ones have the lowest impact on insulin? Olives, really low, which is unfortunate because I hate olives. I think they're disgusting. You can't make me eat them. Um, cream, pecans, macadamia nuts. And then in the meat family, duck and pork have really, really low um, insulin loads. Sesame seeds, pepperoni, bacon, Minimize the processed meats, though. Again, this is just information, not a food list or a meal plan. And mackerel. I would be remiss to not mention that food is not the only thing that impacts insulin. Remember how I said that stress can increase blood sugar? Well, we didn't eat anything, but we're stressed out. And if blood sugar goes up, what happens? Insulin. So if you are chronically stressed, you could be in this excessive insulin place and not even know it, and it is breaking down your body. It is breaking down your body. The other thing that impacts insulin that has nothing to do with food is sleep deprivation. Huge impact on insulin. We can drive insulin in our bodies independent of food through stress and sleep deprivation. There's also one thing outside of food that we haven't mentioned yet that we can do to improve our insulin sensitivity, meaning that 
our body gets to produce less insulin and responds more quickly to it. And that is not only exercise, but very specifically building muscle. So not just, you know, going to your spin class or doing some yoga, but putting on muscle is amazing for insulin sensitivity. When your body is more responsive to insulin, it doesn't need to produce as much, all right? When we talk about strategies here, this is so much more. We got to go back to that mindset upgrade. This is not just about, well, how quickly will I lose weight? I'm not seeing it in my clothes. I'm not seeing it when I look in the mirror. This is about longevity. This is about mental and emotional stability. This is about what is physically happening in your body that you cannot see. So while weight loss might be a really great goal for a lot of people, just know that it's one piece of the equation here. And even if the weight loss is slow to come, we're really doing it largely for things we cannot see that impact our long-term health and wellness. Because if you don't have that, you don't have much, right? So a few things I always like to emphasize the non-food factors, even though nutrition is so huge and so important. Stress management. This needs to be moved up higher on the priority list for most people, me included. I love to meditate. That's one of my big stress management uh activities, but also getting outside perspective. I talk to my clients about this a lot of times, like what am I freaking out about and how can I use gratitude as sort of a buffer to eliminate or alleviate the stressors in my life? Because when you're really committed to the practice of gratitude, you will watch your stress come down, okay? So stress management is a huge one. Sleep. If you can't sleep more, I want you to first check yourself. Is that true? Where are you losing time? Where are you wasting time? Is it television? Is it social media? Is it things that you could delegate to other people? Most people who say they can't get more sleep totally can. They're just not being creative enough. But if you're one of those rare birds who really, truly, 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 truly can't get more sleep, you can get better sleep. And I've done a lot of episodes on sleep hygiene that might be really great to go back to. Just go to primalpotential.com and search sleep. So sleep is one. Stress management is one. Muscle building exercise. Not hopping on the Stairmaster, not getting on the row machine, but being intentional about building muscle is not only going to make you healthier and stronger, it's also going to improve your body's relationship to insulin. And then, of course, nutrition, right? Processed foods, minimize them. Do not drink your sugar. I understand a lot of people like sugar in their coffee, but what I also know is that over time, you can change your tastes and prefer your beverages unsweetened. That might seem like a long way away, but it is very, very real and it is very possible. It just takes consistency and practice, all right? Carb timing, things like the golden rules of carbs and fat loss. Go back and listen to episode 195. If you are not familiar with that, it is a really great one. Don't overconsume protein. A lot of people will think, oh, well, it's chicken. It's fine. Oh, it's no big deal. It's just bacon. It doesn't have carbs. But we know that protein does increase the insulin load. It just does so half as much. So eat protein. It's very, very important. But there's a fine line. Don't overconsume it. And then eat more fiber. And I do not mean Benefiber. 
please get it from Whole Real Foods. Incorporate more broccoli, more cauliflower, more Brussels sprouts, more cabbage. Get more fiber from real whole food, non-starch sources, all right? And I've done a ton of episodes along these lines. You can search insulin load on Primal Potential. You can search for episode 195 and come up with that one to listen to the golden rules. There are so many resources for you. Guys, this is not just about vanity. This is not even about weight loss. This is about health. Take it seriously and look at what you can do today to make an improvement here. Make it a great day. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.